All right. Welcome back to another episode of the My Latin Life podcast. Since 2014, My Latin Life has been your trusted guide for traveling and living in Latin America. Today, I'm joined in person by a guest here in Playa del Carmen, and I'm here with my buddy Ramon. What's good, man? What's good, man? Nice to finally be here. Finally made it. Yeah, we've been trying to schedule an episode for a little bit. I wish we could do it when I had my baller apartment before. Uh, now I switched units in the same building, got the, like the studio going on, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, here, here's an opening travel tip for anyone listening, is that with an LED strip and a little bit of incense, candles... You're, uh, you can change the vibe of any spot. Yeah, for sure. I think it will I think it will look just fine for the viewers and listeners. At least you have a good desk, man. Like That's, I think, the most important and hard thing to find if you just... Especially in like a small apartment like this. Dude, I yes, we will intro you, but it's so random how like most Airbnbs don't even have a desk. Yeah. And it's like, how am I supposed to like, yeah. make money without a desk? I agree. <laughs> Makes no sense. Especially the small ones, yeah. So I almost don't even know how to give you a full introduction. Um, My boy Ramon here, we first met in Panama City. So we met in Panama at the the Selena Hotel in Panama, Um, you know, talking about e-commerce, working online, talking a bit about um, Panama as as a, a destination for residency and things like that. And then we also met up uh, in Boca del Toro. So we met up on the Caribbean side of Panama. Um, exactly. Also in the, the Salina, another branch of it. Uh, basically, you know, chilling, going, visiting some islands, island hopping on, on boats and stuff like that, which was dope. Yeah. And then so now we've, we've met up, uh, I guess, in a third city now, in Playa del Carmen, which is dope. So Ramon here... You also go by at RG on yeah, Instagram yeah. when it's when it's not disactivated. Yeah, I used to. I used to. Let's, used to. let's, let's leave it like that. Are you going to sell it? <laughs> we can go into that a little bit later. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he's got a mysteriously valuable Instagram handle. Uh, you're from Switzerland. Yes, I am. I basically grew up in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I am Swiss citizen. Yeah. And you uh, are big in the e-commerce space. I guess drop shipping would be maybe a good way to describe probably one of your core competencies in online in the online space would be drop shipping. Yeah, you started out like I mean drop shipping itself is just like a fulfillment model how you bring the products to the customer it doesn't like really describe anything else it's mm-hmm. just like bringing inventory directly from like the manufacturer without touching it yourself to the customer but I would say if you like talk about main comp comp competencies yeah it would be like i don't know brand building online maybe in the e-commerce space but yeah all around like mostly what i do like in the day-to-day is just like the paid advertisement so facebook now a lot of it is also tiktok Mm -hmm. i did snapchat pinterest all of that stuff and yeah like the whole growth aspect of the brands which is mainly also like a team behind it now and outsourced. Yeah. Unreal. And I, I want to get into this uh, in quite a bit more detail. For sure, yeah. You know, this is the thing when you meet digital nomads is 
you just go, oh, yeah, I'm an internet marketer. Yeah, I work in e-commerce. Yeah. And you just sort of leave it at that and everyone just sort of chills and, you know, drinks yeah. beer and goes out and never like fully discovers what people like are actually good at or what they're actually working on. For sure. I, I almost feel like every nomad is like working for their own like thing, but like together with other people who are also all working on their own random thing. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. And, but I don't know, dude, something about you just tells me that you got some like Elon Musk level shit going on that you're, <laughs> that we're, we're really interviewing For sure. um, someone who might be uh, the CEO of a fortune 500 company. Someday. I'm not, if, I'm not sure if I like aspire to be that though. <laughs> I like to do my own stuff. I'm not, like, I don't know, going any corporate route. <laughs> Or you mean like build my own company that's going to be like a Fortune 500 level? I mean like get into the big leagues, be like a big, a, like a really big Yeah, I would, I would see myself more as like an entrepreneur in like different kind of ventures. I wouldn't like talk about myself as like an internet marketer. I wouldn't describe myself as that. I, I'm like more broad and what I'm good in also is like business development, like bringing people together, seeing opportunities and just making them happen in whatever space it is. Like I built SaaS businesses as well now in the last two years. It's not only like e-commerce, you know, and also like maybe we can get into like um, crypto space as well, where we build projects now. So yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a lot of things, but it started out with drop shipping. That's where I made most of my money and yeah, you could say I'm a dropshipper for sure. If you want to put me in like some kind of, I don't know, box, I guess. Okay. That's just like if you meet the digital nomad in the gym and you ask him what I do, and they say dropshipping, you say, yeah, I do dropshipping too. You know, you don't get into what they actually do. So. Right. And, and I think if you do any of these skills, you really learn a lot about SEO. You learn about uh, paid acquisition and... Um, sort of, ex it sort of expands into different areas and then people sort of move niches a little bit, but a lot of those skills transfer in over and everything. For sure. For so sure. I, I think people listening can probably tell that you're definitely like a smart guy about this stuff and you, you're not like a fly by night, like get rich quick drop shipper guy. You're kind of like a smarter business guy. And I feel like you definitely have authority when it comes to the online space. Um, this is the My Latin Life podcast where sure, we do yeah. want to like wrap things around to, to Latin America. Obviously we talk about, uh, e-commerce working online, becoming location independent yeah. and that stuff's big. We talk about residencies and all that stuff. We talk about like people who have made a move from, you know, cold, depressing cities in the <laughs> North down to warm, sunny Latin America, $1 beers, palm <laughs> trees, you know, walking distance from the beach. Agree, man. Yeah, for sure. So how did that all like get started with you with the travel aspect? So the travel aspect in general or like how I ended up in Playa? <laughs> uh, whatever came first. Yeah, for sure. So me personally, I was a traveler for like a long time, even before I was like financially independent. So um, I studied like I studied. I was in university. I was actually two times in uni university. I was a, I'm a two times dropout, which is also a funny story. No way. Yeah. From the same school no not from the same school okay no, i just first enrolled in computer science which i liked like i was programming since i was like 14 i was trying to do that stuff mm -hmm. but you know like the university was just like too theoretical it wasn't like anything like building practical stuff i'm, right. I'm more like a builder you know i want to yeah. do stuff and in 
I was in a, like a super, I don't know, like a super science-driven school where like I had like basically I only had like four subjects in school and like three of them were math. So, <laughs> and after dropping out, like that that was actually like when I go, went to travel for the first time for like a really long time. Like after I dropped out the first time out of university, I went to Asia for six months straight. Mm -hmm. I went to Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, Singapore. Yeah, the most time I spent actually in Indonesia. In Bali and stuff. Yeah, mainly in Bali. I fell in, like at first when I arrived in Bali, man, I didn't fuck with it at all. I'm sorry if I, if I can't swear here. I can believe, yeah. I, I, I believe it, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I didn't like, like it at all, but when I came to this town called Changu, which is like super famous for digital nomads, I saw all of these people living the Chengdu, life. Chengdu, which is like Chengdu. part of Bali. It's a part of Bali. And people it's, were surfing. It's the main, like there's a couple digital nomad hotspots on Bali, but like Chengdu is the main at the beach with like the surf vibe. Yeah. And people are just there, like having their businesses online, living the life, the cheap, like, I don't know, like, your money goes around nine times more, like what f more far in Bali than in like Europe, like one or like in America, like one dollar is like equal to nine dollar. I read a, a study about that. So, yeah. Um, and so you were traveling first before you were making money online. Yeah, I did. Like I went backpacking a couple of times. Like I was in Asia like three or four times, just backpacking with friends, with my ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah, I was all around the traveler basically. And then I enrolled in university my second time, which was business school. Um, yeah, but just like after I, I was actually in the business school for quite long, almost two years, but like during my first year, I just like saw where all of my like colleagues and like student, like the other students were going, they basically tried to like go into this corporate route. It's like a super. It's like one of the best business schools in Europe and most people try Which to go. Is? It's called University St. Gallen in, in Switzerland. It's like the best German speaking and like for certain aspects, it's the best in the world, like for management, like where big like CEOs of UBS and yeah, stuff yeah. came from. Okay. And like there's a couple of routes you can take if you go to a university like that. Like first of all, business degree is mainly for the paper, you know. You want good grades and you want to get a job like it's not for skills or anything i mean you learn stuff for sure i learned stuff there for sure i'm sorry if i like talk about random stuff but i actually no you, no, you no. Know, i you think this, to is, talk relevant. About, this yeah. is relevant to a lot of people because i think <laughs> uh for the younger guys it's it's interesting because they're a lot of people think about dropping out yeah or they're questioning the school model yeah or even just looking back in hindsight um, it's interesting to see the different paths people had, you know? Yeah, for sure. But I think if you, if you look at it that way, it's also about like personality and I'm a huge risk taker. So I don't know. I would, if I look back, I went paths that had like the least chance of success, but like the highest, yeah. highest reward basically. Yeah. Like there were points where I could like failed university, failed all my business things and like went back home were completely broke. Like had my parents like i don't know completely i don't know being <laughs> bad and like sad about the situation and like i don't know like having everyone in the in my, in my life being like i don't even know how to say that in english like being not happy about the decisions i take like kind of you know, saying it in a good way <laughs> i know what you mean but you're also from switzerland where it's yeah. like impossible to fail how, how come you say that 
Well, there's a huge safety net. Like you're never you're never gonna be like in a tent. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But obviously, I was young, man. I was 22. You but know, yeah, there's people. Fail. Obviously, there's expectations. They're like, oh my Bro. god, Ramon's going to the best school. Yeah, he's gonna graduate. That's he's that. gonna work for KPMG. That's that, man. That's that. And also, if you like at university and your parents pay everything for you, like they pay your whole life, they pay yeah, a few yeah, grand yeah. a month for your life, you owe them something, man. You're not entitled, like, as honestly something I believe in, as long as someone else pays for your life, you're not entitled to your, like, own decisions. You owe them something. And if you want to make your own, like, be actually your own, <laughs> I don't know, adult, you, you need to make your own money. Like, you know That's what I mean? Yeah, it's it's so funny that you uh, explain this so eloquently because uh, we we definitely feel the exact same story um, on our side of the pond as well. Like in Toronto, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we uh, grew up in like a good neighborhood, and and we we have the same sort of set of experiences where you yeah. know we had it easy, and or we feel like the sure. guilt, and we and we feel like maybe we can't. Yeah make but you know like most we have to stick to the script most people don't even feel that guilt i guess like they don't have like that guilt to or, like that feeling of responsibility towards their parents and stuff they just i think I most people do yeah. I, I think it takes different forms for some people it's like i was so spoiled and got shit paid for that i feel the guilt to succeed yeah. for some people it's almost more of like a true necessity where it's like oh i'm the oldest sibling or whatever and i need to yeah. um support everybody and for sure and it sucks because i mean and this is happening all over the world just think i just think about like there's 10 million people in the state of ohio yeah and i'm like what is everyone in ohio yeah. doing yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. just like rusted factories you know what i mean and they're there because they have like generations of their family that they feel the guilt and they kind of need them and basically it's like if you think about that like, could be either about <laughs> guilt or not even like having the horizon to think like outside of where they came from and what bit. their parents did and like i don't know all, all this stuff that we do or like other entrepreneurs especially in the online space do you first need to like know about them that they even exist and that's even possible and then even if people see that someone else did them most people don't think they think like yeah that's an outlier he got lucky mm -hmm. he i don't know he he's just like one of 1000 that can make it but i have a completely different outlook like i don't know if i see someone else doing something it means that i can do the same like if someone else can do it why can't i do it like most people are not like something different you know so yeah, that's a good attitude yeah and I mean, you obviously worked hard. It wasn't like a fluke to get where you are and, and yeah, to really start yeah, making yeah. real I money mean, online. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can talk about a lot of this stuff for hours. So basically, when going back to business school, like as I said, in being in that business school, you either go to consulting, as you said, like KPMG and like this bit, the big four or whatever it's called, yeah. or you go to like investment banking, you know, in Switzerland, we have like all the big banks, the like yeah, Credit yeah. Suisse, UBS, all of those banks. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's just like most people want to get an internship at like a place like that and then just climb the corporate ladder for like 40 years straight. And that I, I never could identify myself with like those people. And the thing is in this like super premium, basically business class where like 
We had like 60% of students came from all over the world just to study there. Like it was only 40% actually Swiss yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And like everyone, like most people came from super rich families. Like some people got mm -hmm. driven there like with Rolls Royce, with like the fucking helicopter, yeah, yeah. like straight to the university and stuff like that. And even the Swiss people, like they had the attitude, like from the first day, like I want to go to, I don't know, like credits with Goldman Sachs man like if you get the internship at Goldman Sachs you made it that's like the attitude and I could never identify with that and yeah I mean like for me it was all like I think before I even um, enrolled to business school I like tried just like I, I think I should like go back quite some time though to like explain the whole story so for me since I was like 14 I, I was mainly like reading books like Zero to One from Pet, Peter Thiel, you know that, like, like, like mm -hmm. tech books and mm -hmm. stuff like that, like seeing stories like even Spiegel as the founder of Snapchat, like being super young, like in their early 20s. Like just, reading TechCrunch. Yeah, but I mean, like I was just um, amazed by stories like that, like as, as an example, like even Spiegel, like super young, like just, yeah. I don't know, in his like home garage, he just programmed some app and like became like a multi- now multi-billionaire, I mean, Snapchat is a $17 billion company now, but then, back then, he was like a multi-millionaire super fast. Mm -hmm. And he just like had one idea and he wasn't like, he was a, he was a dropout and he wasn't like some, I, uh, like even yeah, back then. just even, a guy who built some software. Yeah, like even back then I had this like attitude, like if someone can do that, I can do that. And I was like back at 14. And for, like back then I thought like my way to like financial freedom, location, independence, and basically just all around freedom was through tech like through like programming so basically i try like i i learned python and stuff at like 14 and i i always knew like when i was um at high school i always knew i want to go like to computer science school because like basically all of those guys like i, I read in zero to one from peter thiel that like 70 out of 100 billionaires are like tech billionaires mm -hmm. that uh, my goal was always like mm -hmm. to build the next facebook and like most of them are just mm -hmm. like computer science dropouts mm -hmm. <laughs> and with like a startup yep. from from their garage and that was always my way and I thought like even if I can't make that computer science is still like the future I would still have like a skill that I could like do freelancing or like live somewhere in Asia or whatever build stuff. build stuff on my own that that was like my goal like build stuff on my own like monetize my own shit and kind of like I don't know be independent I had that mindset pretty early which is something super rare like even people that I know now, just like now at like 23, 24, 25, or like even older, even realize that, that it's like possible, you know, or like even through like now the pandemic, they see that like all the people can actually work remote and it works. But I had this like mindset super early, which I think is, was for me like something super, I guess, influential of everything that I did. And... And so you were sort of enamored with the culture of Silicon Valley early on. Yeah. You were seeing articles about, oh, 20 million Series A, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just the Silicon Valley show came out. And for, for me, no, no, no. I know what, I know that show, I, but that I never watched later. it. I mean, for, yeah. like, for me, it was like kind of after like Facebook IPO'd, they were like, damn, like that was like a garage dorm yeah. room startup to IPO real yeah. fast. Yeah. And then after that, it was just like, I mean, I, like I worked an internship in Silicon Valley, uh, for a venture capital firm yeah. as like a, a VC analyst in 2013. So I was pretty, right. I was pretty exposed to it early on. Yeah. And 
um yeah there's just so much like excitement every like new piece of news yeah for sure big, like uber was like still just like raising money and shit yeah but just to turn back or like to go back a little bit on that for me it was less about like whole silicon valley mm-hmm. but more about that i knew i want location independence i want like be free about like money stuff i don't want to be like mm-hmm. tied to like i don't know some employer paying you and for me like the first thing i saw to make that possible was like tech you know well, uh, the first thing i saw to be independent make super like a lot of money and was like building uh, like my dream till i was like 18 19 was built the next facebook that was what i had in my head and yeah. that's why i went to computer science basically yeah. to make to, to make that degree and then i don't know since i saw like it it i, I mean like building an app like that is something that takes years and it takes like as you said like a huge funding round and it's like years of work before it even like turns any profit at all and it's not like a cash flow business you know it's not like drop shipping where you invest a dollar in advertising now and if it works you have the money back in three days on your bank account you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's like something super cash flow positive yeah there's definitely a big sort of gap in a lot of people's minds between like silicon valley and between what you'd almost call like the practical e-commerce world, which is like FBA drop shipping, basically shit that you could sell on Empire Flippers, AdSense sites, affiliates yeah. websites. And they there's definitely a lot of overlap, especially when it comes to like growth and, and different things. But at least in America, they sort of like box them in different categories. Um, I want to yeah. come, come back to that a bit, but I wanted to like sort of, buckle the buckle on, on, on school stuff a bit. For and sure. it's something that uh, I experienced too. You know, I went to like another like so-called prestigious business school. Yeah. I graduated. I also saw like the rich kids from different countries. Um, How is it actually if university in like Canada, is it, is it for free? I, I, went, is it, like, I was paid? in the States. Actually, I went oh. to school. Actually, I went both. I went to university in Canada first and then the States. But All right. Uh, but my point was, I guess, like Canada, Canada being a super social, but, social. So my, my, my point uh, or, or question was kind of like this: is that when you go to like a like a really high end school or you're on like a high end track from early on, yeah. which I'm guessing you were, you kind of were, um, and that it, it it's actually almost harder to do something independent because you're actually on a really good track, yeah, and. It's funny because, you know, you're maybe like five years out of school or something. And those people that you went to or or more now, how old are you? Like 26? You I'm 25. You're 25? And then out, so, of, out of university, I'm just not even three years. Yeah. And then so, just so two and people, half years, yeah. people who you went to school with, even people who were in your classes while you were there. Yeah. They're they're currently working they're still at there. Goldman Sachs. No, no, they're still in the university. They're still in the university. Yeah. Well, some of them are <laughs> Goldman Sachs and they're UBS and they're at KPMG and all that. Yeah. Um, I guess arguably you probably did, uh, or you're like maybe arguably like quote unquote more ahead in some aspects, but yes. it's yeah. almost like do you do you feel the pressure? Of- I mean, like to be like in the one percent at my age in the United States, you need to have like a net worth of eighty thousand, mm-hmm. and I'm like. 15 times that or like even more like 20 times that so i guess i'm i had like by far over Uh them but yeah that's just one measurement i mean that's not everything in life i mean you should go down the way that like fulfills you and like i don't know makes makes you happy in the end i guess happy is like a 
a weird word. You don't know what it means. It means something else for everyone. But it wasn't def was definitely not my path. Wouldn't wouldn't have like fulfilled fulfilled myself for sure. For sure. And so, like, how how did you like? What was your first like big success in in online business? Yeah. So going back to that, I guess. So. I think at the time when I enrolled to business school, I started trying like all kind of ventures online. Like I, I, like I came across the concept of dropshipping in like 2016. Mm -hmm. I saw some guy called, if you know him, um, I'm actually friends with him now. I speak to him quite some time, but he's made, he was a YouTuber very early on. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about dropshipping. I saw him like 2016. It wasn't like at first you see that stuff, you don't think a lot of it, you know, you think it's probably a scam or something. Mm -hmm. And I think a year or so went by 2017, I tried my first stuff and I was failing uh, to cut it short a little bit. I was failing for like minimum one and a half years in dropshipping. Like, like it was kind of an on and off thing, you know, I tried some and like on, in hindsight, it was also because I ha didn't have a clear strategy. I was trying this concept from this YouTuber, then I jumped to this method, like Instagram influencers, then Facebook this strategy, yeah. Facebook that strategy, then organic SEO kind of shit. You know, jumping from places to places, then niche store, like general store, then this kind of product, that kind of product, just jumping from thing to thing. And I don't know, like super important is especially in dropshipping is to have like a super clear strategy and just following it through until it works. And I don't know if you like after one failed product, just change everything. There's no like measure what even worked at all. Like, yeah, you know, it failed, but you don't know like why it failed or everything at all. So yeah. So I also tried like affiliate marketing stuff. I saw you have the book of ClickFunnels. I tried to promote ClickFunnels even like I did the ClickFunnels affiliate like 2017. What else did I do, man? I don't know. I tried everything online, I guess. Um, so when did it start clicking? Yeah, started to click for me was early 2019. So uh, basically March 2019 is when I started basically the biggest, like my, yeah, at the time, like, big, like I, like in, from like mid 2018, I had stores that kind of like broke even they did like 20k in revenue but i didn't like make any money like it was just like a break okay. break even they made revenue like i sold products but like in the end i didn't take home much and then like i i even know it like like i know the whole whole like even the dates and stuff on like 11th of march 2019 i launched a product and like by by end of march it did really really well and when I dropped out, which was the same year, 2019, around July, I still did my exams in July, which were in July, but I already knew like I'll, I'm gonna drop out. And by then I did like 5K profit a day, which was- A day? Yeah, a day. I was doing like um, like 20K, 20K profits, uh, 20K revenue a day, which came out to about like 20, 25% um, profit margin which was 5k profit a day. Damn. So yeah. that went from zero to a hundred. That went You like, went from break even to 5k a day real quick. Yeah. But that was like a different prod product. Like this specific product that did 5k revenue a day. I skip, like it took like two, two to three weeks to kind of test around on Facebook, like to test different, um, yeah. kind of like ads and stuff. But after that, I uh, like, that was like, that was one day I did like hundred dollars in revenue and next day like i just like doubled the campaigns and i did like 
10, um, 10 times as much, like, I don't know, like 1.5K right away, like super early. And I don't know, ROAS was like seven to eight. I don't know if I say something to you. ROAS means um, return on ad spend. So like how much revenue you get back on like how much your money you put in advertisement. So I made like 10 ROAS right away. It was like super, super profitable. And yeah, I mean, this store, like after three months, it basically died. So it wasn't like something super long term, but um, it, it like it died in August and I dropped out in like July. <laughs> but <laughs> why, I, why did it die? Were you like capitalizing on an event? No, no, no. It died because it's something called ad fatigue. So basically you have a niche or like an audience of people. And if like, if you just scale, like you burn down it, your audience, you just scale horizontally through the whole audience with only one ad. Like I didn't change it. Like I didn't, I, I was basically a noob. You know, like I, yeah, I was in e-commerce space for quite some time. Yes, I made it work, but I didn't know about all that stuff, you know, like rotating the ads, like, like testing sure. other stuff, like scaling, like broad, you know, like testing other kinds of audiences, doing like something called lookalikes on Facebook, which help, which like Facebook algorithm takes the data and like finds, finds new purchasers for yourself. Basically, I didn't know about all that stuff, so I went, I don't know, I scaled it super hard. This stored it around like 600K in revenue in like two months and then just died, I guess. But I was like sitting on, I don't know, like 150K profits in like not even three months. And for me, for me, like back then I had the mindset, even if I'm, if I, even if I'm able to make like 2K a month profit, I can just go to Bali and live like a good life, you know? I don't know, at least I don't need to be in this fucking university. At least like I, I can leave, at least I can work on my own stuff. And as you said, you start to build all of the skills, you know, this like, I don't know, like being a good Facebook media buyer is like a super high, high ticket skill. Like you could even charge as a freelancer, you could charge yeah. a lot or you could start an agency. Like a lot of people that I know that started dropshipping at the same time, but kind of failed turned those skills into like agencies, like copywriting agencies, Facebook agencies, I know website building agencies, whatever, yeah. like so many. Yeah, Shopify guys. Yeah, even yeah. one one of my guys, he focuses, uh, like one of my super like OG friends from dropshipping, he now has an agency that just focuses on like fulfillment and like product sourcing from China. So he went to China a couple of times, built like his relationships there and he helps other dropshippers just finding like those super new, unique products before they even like land on these sites where everyone else like sources mm -hmm. them from like mm -hmm. Alibaba or whatever. That's dope. And so how much of this uh, has been you straight line following a method? Are you paying yeah. a ment like one specific yeah. mentor like 10k plus a year type shit? Yeah. Or are are you uh, do you take information from different people or is it more community driven in terms of knowledge or? Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, oh, I I'm a strong believer to like I'm I'm a strong believer into law of attraction. So I think if if you like want something and you follow through like super hard, it will happen for yourself. And I'm the strongest like example of that being real. Like I, I wanted it to happen so bad and I risk everything for it. Like, as I said, as I told you, I dropped in out in the same year, I still had exams and stuff. And I basically didn't study for those exams at all. And at the time I was just trying business shit and like business stuff at such a small like percentage, I guess like in hindsight, um, 
I don't know, chance of actually working. Mm -hmm. So the chance of like everything failing was probably like 80%. But I was so obsessed with it, just trying and trying and trying. It had to happen. So basically, yeah, a lot of attraction is real. And if you follow through, it, 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 it will for sure work. And well, you didn't give up. Yeah, you, I know. You were grinding for like two years plus, I was, not making any money, right? I was grinding and coming back to your question, I was obsessed. Like I was following every YouTuber. Like I watched every fucking video of every dropshipping YouTuber for like two years straight. Like I, I, I could tell you everything about everyone, about like the lives of every fucking dropshipping YouTuber from two years back. Yeah. Like I, I know every detail about them. I was in like every group that existed. I tried to connect with everyone in the space, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I also tried mentors like in October 2018. I actually like just before my success, I hired some, I don't know, dropshipping kit that was like out in LA flexing with cars and stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> acting like he made it, I guess. Maybe he did, who knows, basically he scammed me. So I never, I just paid him like 1K or like one, one half K or something, I guess. And okay. he, uh, uh, yeah, but after I paid him, like he never replied to me again. And that's also something to mention, like I didn't have a lot of money. Like at the time that it started working for me, I had like, 1k in my bank account that was all all the money i had like like even when it started working like this drop shipping how the cash flow works is you sell a product then it goes either to paypal or stripe if it goes to stripe you have a hold up period of like seven days but usually you need to it's a cash flow intensive business yeah if you if you don't have money you can run into cash flow issues yeah so basically my cash was like hold up in Stripe and PayPal, but I needed to fulfill the products and I didn't have like money to fulfill the products. Oh. I would need to wait for them to come out. But basically what I did, like I, I just landed like money or like borrow money from family and stuff to like fulfill. I just showed them, you know, like I have five re X return on, on, on my, I have orders. If you do pay me now, I'll pay you back like in a week yeah, or it's whatever. Like invoice financing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I had to do all the time. And then coming back to your question, um, yeah, as I said, I was just following all those people, but jumping from strategy to strategy, was, which was an issue. And then in March, I started to work with another person, which was kind of like a mentor for me, but also just for like very, very short, mm -hmm. around three months. But he had, I'm like, he wasn't even like a crazy expert. Like he wasn't like making crazy money, but he had some clients which found products that worked for them. And out of this, he kind of like streamlined a process. Mm -hmm. So I think like e-commerce is super creative, creative like business and space. And there's so many things that can work, but you just need to like find something and just follow through with it. And he kind of like had this plan, you know, what kind of products to find, how to test them. And I just- So this is the guy that finally you found the method. He, he was just a guy that presented to me a streamlined process that I would need to follow now. And, and I, is this the, so in which, he's, okay. he's from the East Coast of United States. I'm not actually in contact with him anymore. But yeah, he was my mentor for like three months. 
as I said, he wasn't like anyone that had like crazy results, but he had clients and he, he also had this one Skype group. Like, I don't know who, who even does that anymore, like a group on Skype. That's funny. <laughs> That's super funny. Right? Like 30 of his students in and he like charged everyone like 500 a month for something. Uh -huh. And he had like, he, the, the, the thing that worked out for, for me really well is that he had a streamlined process and like it didn't allow me anymore to jump from this guy's, um, I don't know, method to this guy's method and he was just doing facebook he was just like choosing this these kinds of products and these kinds of stores and i mean there's as i said there's it's a super creative um business model which is great but it also i don't know adds so much complexity you can do this and this and that and this and i don't know if you don't isolate a lot of variables if you don't isolate the parts you never know what what was the point of failure i guess so but yeah, um, he had, like to cut it short, he had a strategy. I tested like three products, like super, sh like. So I, if I had to guess you're doing like high ticket products, definitely over 300 bucks, maybe over a thousand bucks typically. Nah, that's not correct though. No. no? I would say most dropshippers do like 20 to 60. Dollar products. Yeah, yeah. But I, this product that worked for me was, uh, it, the, the price was nine, nine 99.99 so 100 okay so you're doing 100 products yeah. uh sourced in the u.s or sourced abroad sourced in china sourced in china okay so sourced stored and shipped packaged and shipped from china from china so that's interesting like if you know like johnny fd and the what was the model that he uses anton method i don't know johnny you FD. do you know no. anton method uh so they would do high ticket u.s source products i know people that do like like, like, I mean, high ticket is a relative word, you know. But yeah, but let's just say, like, <laughs> let's just say, like, five hundred plus. I know people that do like just drop shipping, even from China, thousand dollar, even like three thousand. Yeah. They like, like ship like whole like okay. tables you, and and chairs. Yeah, and and, and I think uh, I don't know how much I can say, but one of the ones you showed me, yeah, was, yeah, we can uh, talk was about like, it. Was fine. like a helmet. So it was like a hundred dollar like fancy biking helmet. Yeah, cycling helmet. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Um, let's bring it back to Latin America. So, you know, you, you, I guess first discovered maybe other parts of Europe and Asia uh, yeah. as a traveler. Yeah. Um, you know, you discover, you probably discovered, you know, the tropics in, in Asia and not Latin America, probably for your first time. For sure. First time you had a banana from the source, a coconut, <laughs> a coconut. Ah, man, we have, we have, we have good bananas in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they they were frozen in like on a container. Probably, yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't taste the same. Yeah. Um, and then so how how did you like make your way to Latin America? Yeah, I forgot what what we are here to talk about actually. So um, no, it's good because the the freedom part like requires making yeah. money and is arguably just yes. as famous. And then you know, and then we frolic. In yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how did you get over here? Yeah, my, I have tendency to like just like go back like a lot to like bring the whole like circle around full to the, circle, yeah, full circle full yeah. to the story. So <laughs> basically, I was like super huge in networking and stuff. So um, when I um, even though my store failed like after three months, I built super close close I don't know relationships like with other dropshippers and ecom guys, and I met yeah. met those two guys from New York which I came to visit also in July 2019. I was here, I was, was in New York for like 
four weeks straight and we built like our next brand basically which worked even better like it did 15k profit days so we're three guys so we're split you know it's, it's also not all profit but like like i don't know like just just gross minus i don't know like mm -hmm. like product costs and advertisement we did like a lot of profits and yeah i don't know it traveled <laughs> Okay, you wanna you wanna talk only about Latin America. So basically, how I came to Latin America, like I had never had Latin America even on my radar. I I, I would still say to this day I would probably like enjoy. I have enjoyed my time in Asia probably more than here. And I mean, it's super nice here in Mexico right now. It's like I don't know, probably the best place for me to be. But like how how I got like even attentive to, to to Latin America is just through Panama where I met you and like I don't know when I met you it's like my first few days in Latin America like oh, was I, it? I, I never oh, been shit. I never been to Latin oh, Latin shit. America before that and I mean we like me and you like you and me <laughs> we were there for the same reason I mean we were there to like I I don't know like so basically. I made a whole bunch of money in like different aspects. I wasn't in like before we met in April 2021, which was like a few months back. Um, I haven't. Which was like uh, like eight months ago. Eight months ago, yeah. like prior to that moment, I did already like sp spend most of my like time since 2019. Like since I told you I went to New York, since then I did spend like almost no time in Switzerland at all. But I was still a tax resident in Switzerland. So I had my company in Switzerland. I had my personal taxes in Switzerland. And basically I paid like hefty taxes. <laughs> like Switzerland taxes are fine. But if you get like into the highest like caliber of taxes, yeah, it's bracket. still it's bracket. It's still not fine. You know, it's still like a lot of money. And I, I guess if you live there, if you enjoy like the infrastructure and stuff, and you, then it's fine to pay, I guess. I don't have anything against taxes at all but for me it was just you like living there, i right? wasn't living there i wasn't spending any time at all there and like just i don't know like this whole thing came up where you can like i don't like optimize your life like build your life around places mm -hmm. that like are more optimal for your financial and, and you found situation. the, the staten los facebook group i'm maybe i'm pronouncing it wrong but sort of like a german language digital nomad group yes and they they get into some of this stuff yeah so there's actually like again man like all, all my stuff like have ties back to like when i was like 13 or 14 or whatever yeah. basically when i was 14 i started or like no no no, that was actually when i was like 15 or 16 i started going to the gym really heavy like I, like from like 16 to 18 nothing or like till 19 nothing else i had in mind so like lifting like power lifting like gym like stuff like that and there was one guy like a, a swiss youtuber he mm -hmm. was like a fitness youtuber like live youtuber sure. and basically was traveling as well like all around like the world basically and yeah so he kind of like left switzerland as well and he was in contact with this guy from start from startenlos in germany it's called startenlos um basically startenlos he's a he's what he does like the guy what he does his name is christoph heuermann he's actually here in playa i'm meeting him tomorrow which is funny the founder of the facebook group yeah, the founder of the company Startenlos, okay, his, his okay. Facebook group. Okay. He's, he was basically my main advisor for all of those, like, I don't know, moving abroad and like tax optimization. Mm -hmm. So what he does, basically he helps mainly Germans and Austrians, but also Swiss people to like, I don't know, <laughs> move abroad or like leave their country to like 
not only Panama, but you know, like all places that they want to either move or like are optimal for their specific situation. Right. Even in Europe, I guess. Even in Europe, there's like, great, there's great places. Like Bulgaria or something. And even, <laughs> yeah, but even if you don't want to like leave your home country, there's a lot of to do in terms of like companies, sure. taxes, sure, sure, sure. Build, like what a lot of Germ like Germans especially do. And they so build like foundations in, in Liechtenstein and stuff. He helps with all kind of like tax and business optimization and stuff like that. And you're just obsessed with business. And so you enjoy reading about some of this, this like me? optimization stuff. Yeah. So me personally, I'm obsessed with everything. Basically, if I read about something, I get obsessed with it. Yeah. I wasn't, I was with that in school as well. Like every subject, if I, at first it didn't interest me, but then if I read about it, I, I got obsessed about it and it made me successful in that subject, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a weird trait to have, I guess. But coming back, there was a Swiss YouTuber. He was like two, there was like two years prior to me doing this, but he basically yeah. got his residency in Panama. Um, he res I don't know how to say this in English, but he kind of like resigned from Switzerland. What is it called? I don't know. He left yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. He like. He probably kept his citizenship, but gave up his residency. Exactly. Yeah. Swiss, like citizenship is not tied to like taxation or where right, you live. Right. So, he, so he ceased no. to be a resident of Switzerland. He <laughs> exactly. became a resident of Panama. He, became a resident he started of YouTubing in probably like some apartment on the ocean. Um. <laughs> he had, he just had this like full-time travel, like lifestyle. Right? It wasn't even about that. It was just like about him being a Swiss person, like living in Switzerland. Yeah making a bunch of money and not paying taxes on that money which and for me i don't know it just came like naturally to like optimize all those stuff making a bunch of money and not even like living or like being where i needed to pay tax right and then also maybe just the the other side of the coin is that it's important to diversify and to create bases and sort of diversify your financial interests and your life in general. So was part of it like that mindset, like creating a plan B and and creating bases? I honestly not too, too much at the time. Like, yeah, kind of like probably when we were in Panama together. Yeah. Then I was already like, I don't know, opened up to this whole space, but not at the beginning. At the beginning, it was really like, Hey, what do I want to do with like the next few years of my life? I want to travel. I don't want to be in Switzerland, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I want to explore different areas of this world, be in different places. And mm -hmm. I don't know what's like my specific income and like what I do, what's the best setup to have. And <clears throat> I mean, I mean, there's like even I think there's like 80 countries in the world where you can even either pay like no like tax on foreign income or like no tax at all. So there's like a lot of places you can do that like yeah. even you know like paraguay panama even costa rica thailand malaysia singapore all of those places have territorial tax and then there's places that have don't have tax at all like dubai or like all of the gulf states mm -hmm. and like monaco and mm -hmm. <laughs> places like that i guess so but at the time i don't know like discussing it with the advisor and and stuff panama was just at the time a super easy option you know it changed the friendly nations visa changed but and we got a, lucky yeah we kind of got lucky i guess i mean it's still possible especially if you have money and if you really want to now it's just like a more more like a commitment to panama i guess if you like say i really like panama and i want to be there and i want to have it then you can still do it but if you just like for us panama is just more like a back pocket residency i would say we just have it 
it's a permanent residency yeah we need to be there like one day every two years but we won't lose it if we like don't leave live there like full time or anything like that so i don't know down the line if we like decide to spend more time in panama we have the option to do that and for me right now panama is like my main residency it's mm -hmm. basically the only place that is even my residency at the moment and it also allow me like if you leave I, I, this is something that's different for every country like it's different in germany for friends of mine but in switzerland if you want to like i don't know cancel your residency you need to give you need them something else you need a new residency yeah. and also what i needed to do when i was in panama is bring like a paper i don't know like a birth certificate and stuff to the embassy in panama and kind of like i don't know register yeah as register a, as like a citizen abroad exactly yeah yeah that's that okay and so you did that i remember <laughs> so do you have your cedula now i don't have my cedula no i got the cedula letter yeah i uh, but i will go I, to to panama in march and then i'll get my cedula let's do it bro i need my cedula too. yeah true. um but so that, that this youtuber guy that i told you about i don't i don't even think he has his cedula he just went to like panama how's it possible if he's been there for years yeah so he probably has it. So, There's no doubt. Yeah, so, you know, like Panama prior to like August this year was super easy to just get as like a first option. And then you either have it in your back pocket or you keep it as your main option. Or I don't know if you down the line, you find another option. It doesn't matter. Like it was cheap. It's just like 5K commitment and you have it. And yeah. like the, especially for Europeans, I know it's not the same for like American citizens for sure. But like for people that don't have like taxation for citizens, like for citizens, it's like the amount they save in taxes if they don't spend time in their home country yeah, compared to like the setup cost is super minimal. But for him, like just just for him, like as an example, he um, spent more time in Panama and uh, in Thailand and he got his residency in Thailand and Thailand also has territorial tax. I didn't know that. Yeah. They have kind of like a weird territorial tax where you can't bring the money from abroad into the country um, for like 365 days. Um, like if After you, yeah, yeah, like if you earn it today, you need to wait 365 days and then you can like send it into the country. And, but if you just go there and like live off savings and stuff, it's not, mm. it's not taxed. And if you make the money and have it on a foreign bank account, but don't bring it into the country, it's not taxed, but then you can wait one year and then you can just transfer it to the country. And for the uh, the Panama like tax residency certificate or the paper, the issue, I yeah. remember it was like a little bit stringent. It was like you had to spend like four or six months there for them to like issue it the first time. Did you have to do that? You mean Panama? Yeah, in Panama. You mean for the tax residency? Yeah. Yes, exactly yeah yeah but so that's something else like switzerland doesn't require you to have tax residency in another country that's like tax residency is something else than like permanent residency than like living residency Correct. you know Correct. like i'm not even i'm not even considered like a taxpayer in panama even if i would i would not pay income on like my money made from like abroad companies right. but i'm not even that like you can get it like a multiple ways either you buy if you buy um, real estate you can get it after two months or otherwise you need to live six months a year i think 
or like even or like even or like six just months, months like the first year six months the first year then you get it and you just probably just say and then you just cruise on <laughs> yeah it. yeah i i think that stuff would be helpful i think it is helpful, it is helpful. to get that that tax certificate it is it's helpful e- it's, some but places it's, are easier than panama to get that certificate issue yeah but it it's interesting because it's worth highlighting if people don't know what we're talking about because this never comes up on nomad capitalist or this never comes up on any of the easy residency things For is sure. that they never make the distinction between let's just call it like a living residency and a tax residency. Yes, yeah. So becoming a permanent resident or temporary resident of a country yes. does not automatically make you a tax resident. So of that actually, country. and these in every country sort of has different rules as to what it takes to be considered a tax resident in their eyes. And then you need to sort of meet those requirements to then show your home government uh, in, in a lot of situations. So it's something that's never mentioned, but it's like actually a crucial piece of the puzzle. Something that I actually know is that Canada specifically requires you to be a tax resident somewhere else to like leave you like leave, leave you go like. Uh-huh as a tax resident yeah. in in canada and yeah. if they same with australia like even if you like i don't know like go to live somewhere else it could be that like a few years later they ask you like hey where have you been paying taxes man show you show me your tax certificate from another country and if yeah. you don't have that they can even like a few years back like they can say hey you owe us taxes you and you don't always need these uh residency certificates or tax residency certificates it's only in situations where it's just like, how did you even like arrive in this country? Like I did at one point switch my residency from Canada to the U S and I had a full-time job in the U S. Yeah. And so I just kind of like, I guess said I had a job and then Canada like officially released me like, and I, it was like yeah. literally written, like it was literally like super clear. Like you are no longer a tax resident of Canada type shit. Like it was really written like yes. that. I never had to present a certificate, yeah. but I was like, yo, I live in the States now. Yes, but that is different where you go. As an yeah, example, exactly. if you live in Germ- if you're a German citizen, you lived in Germany your whole life, it's different if you go to any country in the U- a- EU or, or like if you ta- go to like Panama. A, a gray list country. Yes, type. yeah, yeah. So in yeah. Germany, that, thank God, doesn't exist in Switzerland, but in Germany, they have something called exit tax. tax. Uh-huh. So... Basically, if I would have a business in Germany that is like worth, I don't know, that has some kind of worth, at the time I would kind of like leave Germany, they would like evaluate my company and yeah. say, hey, this company is worth $1 million. Yeah. Since you won't live here anymore, we will lose tax money if you would ever sell this company. So at the moment you will leave this company, they will tax you right away. Like. Yeah. If as if you basically the co- the company this happens on like, like the value the value when you leave the value I don't know goes to another country like another country will profit from you being there so they will yeah. exit tax you when you leave yeah but that's that's it like every country has their own rules and it depends where you go like Germans have like tricks as well they can go to Cyprus or like Malta which is a EU country and there they don't have exit taxes so they need to spend like uh. two or three years there and then they can like go to Panama and uh. they like didn't have to, had to pay that specific tax but it's different like for all it's different from where you live what's your citizenship what's your income from where is your income is, mm-hmm. is it a business is it investments is it capital gains is it dividends is it i don't know like salary you know what i mean definitely 
Yeah, it's and and that's actually a lot of what we're getting into on my Latin life is really gonna break this stuff down for every country in Latin America. Yeah, and like what country, like the residency are easiest, yes. or blah blah blah, the differences. So just for like Latin America is considered like all Spanish speaking countries in like the Americas or pretty much and and Brazil, Brazil as well. Uh, yeah. I All mean, right. to me, I just mean literally every country in the Americas, yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but the, like the good thing about all the setup things is not only like personal taxes, like also like companies or like every country has something really super specific that can be helpful to you mm-hmm. if you I don't know know how to utilize it the right the right way. Or like as an example in Brazil, I know you can't get citizenship super fast. Whereas in Panama you would never be able to get citizenship. They say it's in five years if you live there for five years, but there's never been a case where someone was issued Panama citizenship. So I, I did speak to one lady, like an Argentine lady that yeah. got it. And you know, it took like two, three years to process. Yeah. But she was just like you, you know, I think it's easier for people who actually spend six months of the year or more no you need to you need to you won't get it if you're just like a paper resident yeah yeah Yeah. so uh and it depends on the country i mean i think maybe there are some countries where you could potentially become a citizen being sort of a paper resident maybe you spend like a month a year or something um, you can also buy no, buy citizenship. You could, you could, yeah, you could just buy it and just save yourself the hassle. That's... 100K, 120K, you're good. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, some Americans have no other choice if they want to, like, be completely tax-free from their home country. Like, either Puerto Rico, but then you got to be six months in Puerto Rico. <laughs> you have to have, and you have to, like, hire people. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, how, how do you call it? Like, um, if you need... Um, uh, like substance, you need substance in the country. Yeah. Like you need you, to hire an you office. Need to hire, I don't yeah, know if it's four people or ten people. Yeah, yeah. Like either like Americans, if they like make a lot of money and be like free from their home taxation, mm-hmm. it's only Puerto Rico. Like your capital gains tax free and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Or you resign your citizenship, which right now it takes. Like I, I know one American. It takes, due to COVID, it takes so long. Like The oh, wait list. Bro, like the embassies are closed and stuff. And like the wait list is so long. So many like rich wait people. Wait list to resign. <laughs> trying That's to, insane. Trying to resign like their citizenship. And then you just buy like a new, like, do you know this like one guy, he preaches that. Like this YouTuber cap, oh, what is his name? Uh, Nomad Capitalist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was an American as well. And he bought like some Caribbean citizenship. I guess there's like many programs. Like kids and Nevis and Dominica and mm-hmm. I don't know. So you got you got set up in Panama. You spent some time there. Yeah. And then uh, you eventually made your way to Mexico a couple of months ago. And now you've been in Mexico since like October. So since early October. Early, yeah. Early October. So three, three and a half, four, three, four months. Three and a half months. Yeah, quite some time. I what what made you come to Mexico and how are you liking it so far? Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess that's another story now. So <laughs> I was basically like, um, so, hmm. yeah, so I was in Germany at the time. Um, I was planning to go travel. Um, I needed to come back to Panama for like the six months after, after like how the friendly nations worked at the time is you needed to come here, do your stuff and then come back like within Submit six months. It and then come back once it's approved. Come back within like, 
four or five monas, like before six monas, kind of like. Yeah. You, it had as like a specific time frame you needed to come back. To go back. to the immigration office. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Get after, like, after it was approved to get your photo taken and stuff. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. I needed to come back anyway to Panama. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I if it wasn't for Panama, I would probably not be here. Let's say it that way. I would probably have found another country to go to. Um, I was never like like Latin America was never really on my radar, I guess. So, but I went to Panama. I spent some time there. I was in Panama City just for like one and a half weeks. I went to Bocas, which is like my favorite place in Panama. I discovered the island Bastimentos, which yeah. is like ten times nicer than the main island, in my opinion. Spent like three weeks there. So then on Red Frog. Not only in Red Frog, like there's there's a couple beaches there, and they're so amazing, and like like right next to your hotel or like your luxury yeah. bungalow or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, then I decided. Then I went like I don't know. I just traveled without plan, I guess. So um, for the first few weeks, so I went to Costa Rica, did a road trip there. Um, for you like took the bus across the border from Bocas. Yeah, so boat and then really quick quick bus. So to like Puerto Viejo. Puerto Viejo, exactly. I was just in Puerto Viejo for like five days, and then um, yeah, travel Costa Rica for like three and a half weeks. But I kind of like felt the need to find a place where I can stay longer and like build a base a little bit. And I don't know, due to the situation with COVID and lockdowns and yeah. everything, there was just. Like there was obviously there were a few countries, but there was like one country that just st stood out, you know, where you could just go where everyone was, which everything's just like before COVID, nothing's no yeah. no lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. And that was just Mexico, man. And at first I had like Puerto Escondido. I think I even told you that. I told you, hey man, I wanna probably go to Puerto Escondido. Like, and nothing you, about that Wi-Fi. You were like <laughs> the first person to tell me that, like Wi-Fi in Puerto, probably no no go. And then after joining the Facebook group, <laughs> like every day the questions were, what's with the Wi-Fi? <laughs> so that didn't like end up working out. And yeah, I don't know. I just like, I wasn't, I was planning to come to Playa for a month. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what would be the main characteristics? If I asked you, what would be the main characteristics about Playa that you like the most right now? Or like at all what, what makes you like stay here and so you've been in playa since october ah uh, no 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 yeah so i <laughs> i spent like two months till like end of the year i spent in playa yeah then i went to tulum for one and a half weeks you then know, we went or something. no no then we went super south to bacalar yeah, yeah for like yeah, four yeah. days yeah. and then i just came straight back to playa got the same crib same apartment like one week we had to stay at like some other apartment, but then we got the same apartment back. Yeah. And yeah, now it looks like I'm maxing out my visa till <laughs> almost like, I don't know, March. And Max then the visa, get the full six months in. Full six months. Yeah. I know you can just stay longer and it's easy, but it's not about that. Like I, yeah, yeah, I plan to go sense. back to Panama after that, get my cedula, maybe spend almost a month in Panama is my plan. Mm -hmm. And after Panama, I'll meet some friends probably in the Dominican Republic for like two or three weeks. And then I'll probably go back to Europe to meet my family for and stuff summer. for the summer. And it, it looks like actually it's like, even if you can't believe it right now, but it looks like it's getting better with COVID and stuff. Like mm. 
I know in Switzerland they announced like we'll do the Omricon, like everyone had it now, and they probably like won't continue. It's chill now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's actually like a good sort of snowbird strategy is what we call it, where you spend summers at home uh, in, you know. Depends where you're from, yeah. I mean, most people are from just sort I mean, of like a rich, cold country. And so it makes the spend like the summer there from like May to August or something. Yeah. And then, you know, fly south for winter. Yeah. Hit Latin America or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about like US or Canada. I'm not like super. I don't know that countries that well, but like summer in Europe is like one of the most amazing things. Yeah, it's good. Like, like Europe is like Spain, Italy, probably like south of France. Greek, like Greek, Greek as well, man. Like everywhere, like even Turkey or like I don't know, like Croatia or whatever. It's like the most amazing places you can spend like the months of June, July, August, September, even even yeah. until like late October or something. Yeah. So I really like Europe. Like it's yeah, but um, Switzerland specifically, that's also a rule um, that I can only spend three months a year in Switzerland. Other, like that's also like different in every country, but Switzerland specifically for yeah. citizens, it's only three months. So after three months, I would like not like it's not like one is necessary, but after like three months, I could like be questioned as a, as a like a yeah, tax yeah, yeah. resident. Like you can't like just resign and then spend like a lot of time there, I guess. So exactly yeah. buy a friggin' house yeah, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably buy a house and no you gotta keep the you gotta keep the ties to a minimal i know what you mean but it might like you can just like build a like i still have my company in switzerland you know mm. so i could still like buy a house or like have a car under the company or whatever so it's true yeah but i know what you mean it's like also that's something like i was considering like maybe down the line have a base in Europe and I, I'm considering maybe in like north of Italy a part where, which I really like yeah. because I really I live in like super south of Switzerland which is like just half an hour across Italy mm-hmm. like over the border to Como and stuff yeah like Como is super close so I like this area but that's also like <laughs> that's, that's something I read online on like Wikipedia about international taxa- taxation at Italy taxes people if they have ties to italy like citizens if they have ties to italy but their main residency is in like a tax a, haven, a tax haven. Yeah, yeah i read that too, read that too. <laughs> yeah so when they know that you have like residency in panama as an italian yeah. they're i mean that's like, something i didn't even tell in the podcast that i'm an italian citizen as well so that's that's why but other countries is different you know like germans can spend the full 183 days in germany mm. I, I i think i'm gonna implement a similar strategy potentially in the future where I'd spend maybe summers in Canada where everyone's happy, the weather's good. Yeah, winter you know, everyone's depressed yeah. and shit. Yeah, you just leave. And then, yeah, and then, you know, typically, tra- traditionally Canadians have always done that. Like for our parents and grandparents, they'd have a place in Florida in like Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Yeah. Maybe they'd be on the other side in uh, in Arizona or in southern or like in Southern California. Yeah. But typically, a lot of like rich Canadians had a place in Florida back in the day, and I guess now with as digital nomads, we and just how the world's getting smaller and Wi-Fi is getting better, we're feeling better going a bit further afield. And actually, instead of you know, if you're taking a flight anyway, like. Mexico's no further than it's the same distance at Florida is the same I mean, distance of Mexico so bro, bro, bro. Go to Mexico I mean for me it's like 
a different thing, but I guess like like the same thing that is for Germans, like Mallorca in Spain is yeah. like for Americans or like especially East Coast Americans uh -huh. is like I don't know Tulum or like Cancun or yeah, it's I like mean there's, there's spots. I mean it's it's Colombia. I mean there's a lot of spots on sort of yeah. like the. I mean, for me, like, I don't know, Mexico is a 12-hour flight, you know, it's not the same. Exactly. But for me, spaces, I like places like Barcelona, it's like a 45-minute flight. Exactly. So it's just, I don't know, perspectives and where you're from, I guess. I think we are. But coming, I, I wanted to ask you about Playa, though. Yeah. So, like, are you here mainly for the expats and, like, the community or or, I don't know, are you here for, like, Mexico and the country itself or... So, I don't know, what, what made you stay here? Because you seem like <laughs> someone that truly wants to stay here, like, for years to come. I, I do look like I'm someone who wants to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are someone. I do look like, okay. No, I'll, I may not look like, but from what you're saying to me, it seems like you, you would want. Well, it's funny because I'm, I'm, like, super itchy to travel. Yeah. Um, no, what, what I was going to say was um, I think we're actually rewarded by going a bit further than most people are willing to go. Yeah. Um, I think that's been your experience where, you know, most people will, will do maybe some sort of European thing, but like like with Gibraltar or some shit, Cyprus. Yeah. Um, but you actually maybe get rewarded for going further afield. And I think for us too, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in Mexico, but there's also like a lot of uh, gringos and, and tourists and stuff. And I think for a lot of people... Uh, they should also experience some a more something more local, yeah. And because there's actually a lot of reward and like all, like novelty value and, sure. and everything in uh, getting sort of exposed to you know yeah. more locals. Like yeah. so, I'm like go to Brazil. You know that's yeah. that's what I tell people. Yeah. But um, for why me, playa? Like for yeah. for playa, it's like I I think it's just a really really good balance where you know obviously. It's very easy in terms of uh, entry restrictions. It's very close to uh, yeah, North like America. Yeah, entry restrictions is something that changes like every two weeks. <laughs> it's, well, not in Mexico, but... Not in Mexico. Uh, I, I think that's not as important because yeah. this place was, was booming even before COVID. Yeah. So I think the reason Cancun is booming is because it does have a lot of flight connections. Uh, it's a really good airport for flight connections. A lot of cheap flights. Um, it is a, va a pretty lax visa policy, like the 180 days that at least they used to honor. Um, is like yeah. It's like very generous. Um, it's cheaper than, you know, obviously the U.S. and Canada. The English levels in Mexico are really high. Probably some of the highest in the Americas are, are Panama and Mexico. So, you know, it's a little bit more familiar. It's got Walmart and you know sephora sephora and like big box stores and stuff like that h&m right. you know what i mean so it feels more familiar yeah. but there, but playa and the mine riviera also have some like unique competitive advantages meaning part, like there's the cenotes which basically only exist here which is a pretty unique cool thing yeah there's mayan ruins all over the place i mean there's not a lot of places that have this level of like ruins and archaeological sites. Yeah. Um, the, there's no, there's basically nowhere else in the Americas that, that has like archaeological sites except for like southern Mexico 
with only like a couple of exceptions. Yeah, I mean, this, but these are touristy things. Like, do you really like care about them if you're like long term? Like, ex like I mean, it's nice to see them once, but are you gonna go there like every month for like <laughs> every few weeks? Well, there's so many. There's like 500 of these sites. Cenotes, yeah. Oh, you mean like the sites arge too? Arge archaeological sites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot I sure. haven't even been to. But they all look the same. Like no fronts. I, I like it too, but. It's just all like stones on top of each other, like falling apart. Sure, but I think taking it a step further, I think the, the Mayan culture is like really cool. And, you know, it For was sure. one of the most advanced cultures like ever. And yeah. it's just like a cool like vibe and mystique and there's ceremonies. And I agree, but I, like, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't like go to Greece or something because like the old philosophers were... Like, I would go to I mean, Athens partly, to see it partly. once, yeah, but I'm not going to go to fucking Santorini well, it's, to it's, party it's, because... <laughs> it's not just... In, it, I think the intellectual element is definitely there. Yeah. Um, but it's a physical element, too. I mean, like, have you done, like, a Temescal ceremony, which is sort of like a traditional Mayan ceremony where they... It's like a, it's, it's like a sauna. It's like a traditional oh. Mayan sauna. And they, like, blow yeah. smoke on you and stuff like that. I haven't. So that's, like... I, I, I agree with you. Like, Mexico is definitely one... Especially in Latin America, like the most culturally rich, probably country. Dude, it's culturally rich. Yeah. AF. Yeah. Mexico. Every state in Mexico I agree. has a. It's a typical dance and typical yeah. music. That's also what history. I what I told some friends of mine uh -huh. is that um, when I went to Mexico, is that it's like the most rich in culture and like foods, like Mexican foods, like beside like Italian or like Japanese or like Thai yeah. or something. Yeah. It's like one of the most famous cuisines For in the sure. world for a reason and it's so rich with different different stuff especially if you like like super hot food <laughs> like <Yeah>. spicy <laughs> yeah and it, it's so cheap like my like, yeah i think like pie is not so cheap but you can find the no places. but i mean specifically for food like the fruits and vegetables are so good like the, yeah. the the avocados that you can get here are so cheap and so good yeah and all the other fruit is just like unreal like it, it, it it's like the best mango i have mangoes in the fridge right now they're the best mangoes you've ever had in your life i agree you know yeah. what i mean the fruit is just next level and it's so cheap it's so cheap it's insane i agree but then again you can go to a fifth avenue and then spend like a few hundred dollars on like a steak and stuff yes so. you can go to the most expensive street yeah. in mexico and spend money yeah but this is playa man Pl like I mean, Playa, not so much, but especially like Tulum, most people that go there are there for a week and they're ready to spend money on this just one yeah, week. Tulum is expensive. You know, they, they don't stay there. Like, you, or like, also Playa, man. Like, I don't think like most people spend here, for, uh, like, live here for, like for a few months. They just come here for like two weeks, spend a bunch of money and fly back. I think it's back. a mix. I think it's actually a good mix of both. Yeah. I think it is good to have some tourists and get like some flow. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of like medium term residents, people who do a month or two, yeah. more and more. I mean, I first came here in 2018 and how much, a lot of the people how, I met are still here. How much do you pay for this apartment? This apartment, this is a two week rental that I got on Facebook oh. and I got a good deal. I'm paying 650 Canadian for for two weeks, which is like 500 less. Oh, that's, that's good, yeah. Yeah, it's I good. mean, it doesn't have a lot of stuff, space, but... The, the place I was... Paying before, which was during Christmas and New Year's and stuff, it was two grand US, forty thousand pesos, and the balcony was like bigger than this entire apartment, and it yeah. was like a two bedroom place, and it was dope. Yeah, and that that was through a broker, 
I mean, Ply has gotten more expensive, no question about it. I mean, it was a lot cheaper before the pandemic. And then once it became, like, the only place that was open, like, the population of the city, like, doubled yeah, or yeah, tripled. Yeah. I think, like, Cancun was in 2021. It was, like, the second most flown-in city. Yeah. And, like, yeah. before that, it was, like, place 30 or something, like, before the pandemic. It was, like, barely in the top yeah, 10, yeah. yeah. And now it's, insane. like, the top city for international rivals. Yes, insane. I, I think one strategy some people could do is they could look for, like, the hardest country to get into and then get in and then be, like, the only guy. And be like, yo, I'm killing it. I mean, like, I mean, it depends what you value, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if, bro, I'm all for like going backpacking in random places. But for me right now, Gotta I'm work. also trying to work. First of all, I'm carrying like a bunch of expensive equipment. I'm carrying all my like crypto yeah. <laughs> devices and stuff like that. Yeah. I wouldn't like, I don't know, like we, we actually thought about like going down south to like borders guatemala and then even maybe yeah. through venezuela even to nicaragua like going the whole way down to costa rica to yeah even fly to, to panama yeah I mean, Dude, let's do it fly bro, to it's panama. possible to do it like people yeah. do it online and yeah. i don't know it's it's not even i people obviously these places have sketchy areas but if you just go through and like stick to the cities and drive in the night and stuff it's not like you're gonna get shot like an open no open day or something like that. The same thing you hear about like Cancun or Playa. That, it's doable. Yeah. I'd be a bit worried about the Wi-Fi situation and like. In some, nah, I, I thought more like it. just taking three, four days off and going straight through. You know. No, dude, it's like six countries. It's gonna take a while. Ah, uh, fly to Panama. It's not that hard, bro. You can just you can go straight to like San Cristobal or something. That's in Mexico? Yeah, yeah, in Chiapas. Yeah. And then you can go down to Guatemala. Yeah, yeah. And then from Guatemala, you can enter El Salvador. Yeah. And from El Salvador, you can actually take a boat directly to Nicaragua. So you skip Venezuela, which is the most sketchy country. Not of Venezuela. Those. You mean Honduras? Uh, Honduras, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Honduras. Yeah. You skip, you skip Honduras or directly Nicaragua. Nicaragua has a couple nice places you can stay. Yeah, you can Antigua or something. There's, and no, Antigua is That's in Guatemala. Guatemala. I'm thinking of... There's this place called San Juan del San Sur Juan. and, and Port, uh, Granada. Granada is what I'm thinking. Granada too, and this one island on the sea is like Ompete or something. Yeah, I've I've been considering that one. Nah, I'm just like I'm not like <laughs> not not that I would do it right now. I'm just like I'm all for this backpacking, but with all like with work and the equipment I'm carrying and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, I wouldn't do it right now. And I also like since I basically bro since I left Switzerland, there wasn't even like so much time going by and I'm still went by like it didn't went by so much time and I still have my company in Switzerland I'm still right now doing like the end like the last tax stuff for like the last year and stuff so I'm still carrying like a lot of documents and like one bag of like sure. uh, I love receipts and shit so which I will hopefully need for the last time but I don't know like I would love to, but and I have a huge suitcase which is like super <laughs> super not good for like backpacking. Mm-hmm. I would love to go backpacking but more like how I used to in the old days but more if I like take if I have a base here and take 2 weeks off and then I don't know go backpacking and then come back and leave my stuff here and not like carry everything. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's good to focus on the grind for certain <laughs> periods of time and yeah. I think that's one of the good things about Latin America is you can just post up pretty cheap rent, good Wi-Fi, yeah. just chill. You can get everything done for you. You can get a maid or a cleaner, whatever, like yeah, super but you cheap can get, and just post you can get up. that in a, in a lot of places in the world, I guess. Like 
Asia is even cheaper, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. It, it's probably the the other place yeah. that. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people also like that's another discussion, but I know know a lot of people that like are super like like crazy travelers that like visit like forty countries a year and like are in each place for like a few weeks and then they just go to the next place and like i don't know i think i used to think that i like this or like the idea of it sounds great but in in, in like in it's, it's practice it's better an idea than in practice yeah in practice and you, you're running a pretty big business at this point you yeah know? like yes if you don't respond for like a day to shit like yeah you know, i mean i can take time off and like it's 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 fine but um i don't even want to man i'm like in the Locked best period in. to grind in my life probably i think so I want to be right, retired by 30, bro. I don't know what your goals are, but <laughs> that's one of my goals for sure. And I like, even right now, I like what I live for is a lot of like just crypto investments. And this is stuff that I'm only able to do because I have money and because I have a cash flow business. And mm-hmm. I definitely, yeah, I don't know, man. When, when I, I definitely want kids and stuff. And when I have kids, I don't want to be like, I don't know, have this like, only focus on work and stuff you know i feel like i want to grind when i have kids because i'll have nothing to do but just like sit at home and just like yeah. semi watch them semi work <laughs> you know i agree I, mean? I agree bro i agree but it's not only like the time the work takes it's like a lot of focus and a lot of time you get like stre- super stressed out and you like have to let you i don't know like when i have like for my girlfriend as an example if i'm worried and just like super focused I can't like take any noises and stuff or like when she talks to me I'm just like so focused and locked in I guess but yeah coming back to to what you said for me it's definitely like I take a few months a year where I'm like super focused like some people call it monk mode where you basically yeah 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 yeah. where you're just locked in you have like a specific protocol which you do each day which is you go your routine you go to the gym then you, I don't know, have like work blocks for a few hours a day yeah. and I don't know, you cut out all unnecessary Definitely. stuff that takes, takes away your So I, I do want to ask you a bit about crypto and we'll start like wrapping up kind of, but sure. uh, I also want to ask you if you were, because we've talked a little bit about offline about you were thinking of potentially doing more bases as well. Uh, oh than, yeah. Than, than yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. is that something that you're still uh, looking into? Yes, yeah, for sure. Since, like, I, I know this, like, is against the title <laughs> of this podcast, but I'm, like, not... If you say Asia, I'll smack you. No, no it's cool, it's cool. I'm, joking, it's I'm cool. not, like, the hugest fan it's still of, like, Latin America. And this is not because I don't like it, man. I spent six months here. I like Panama a lot. I love the islands in Panama. Panama is probably the best beaches I've ever seen in my life, like, even nicer than somewhere in Thailand or I don't know where. Wow. Okay. Like I really, I really enjoyed my time there. I also like Mexico right now a lot. Like it's a great base. Mm-hmm. Why I like Playas because I don't know. It like gives you everything. It has like malls and stuff. It has beach like not so far. Especially if you like locked in on working. Like in Tulum, you need to like go half an hour to the beach. But Play. here, yeah, <laughs> here's super chill and. But yeah, like since I'm not that person that like want to fly around the world all the time, I want to have like fixed bases and not too many. Maybe I'm thinking like three to four bases mm-hmm. that I want to like spend my time in. Like maybe have a few years more, a few more years, like three, four more years where I just 
like travel around without ha- owning like apartments and stuff or like without owning yeah. i don't know land and build, build really built the bases but down the line i want to definitely settle i guess like not settle in one place but like have specific locations sure. where i spend my time like as like, like three to four places and right now it's looking that it's probably not in latin america like i, I st- even though i'm not paying taxes in switzerland i left because of that reason i still like switzerland i still like europe and Europe is definitely an amazing place and definitely one of my bases. And if I'm considering right now Asia, where I spend a lot of time and Latin America, I would definitely choose Asia for, for myself. Um, I don't know. I'll just like, like the people here are super nice, but they're also like super lazy and everything. Like Latin America just has like this siesta culture, like Spanish culture where they're lazy and they, I don't know. I don't know. It's not like this. You don't have like you don't feel like in Asia people are more like hustlers I think like they more try to make things work and it's more like I don't know <laughs> stuff works works more and service is higher in my opinion like if you go to like here sometimes service is super bad like I don't know cleaning lady doesn't clean so amazingly and um I don't know even like in in restaurants or hotels where it would like expect like high quality service i think it isn't like that high also in panama man like in bocas like i don't know like in front of one touristic place like those benches are broken like i went there twice on bench like after eight months bench was still broken and they sit on the broken bench they sit on it every day but instead of like just repairing it which takes like 20 minutes they just like sit on the broken bench i guess so i don't know it's just like cultural cultural thing and i also think like in asia i get more for money like i could get like secret places secret apartments um also asia is like way safer i mean it feels safe here but it's also like on the street it's like a thousand military guys everywhere and asia has like as low as of a crime rate as like switzerland and it's crazy like indonesia which is probably has even like way more people below poverty than here but they have like zero crime rate like there's no there's no people killing each other yeah it's definitely a lot lower crime it's definitely cheaper yeah i feel feel safer there it's cheaper do you ever just like feel feel like an alien though like like, you know not really looks so different than people that's actually what's what's not in playa but more i not not me man like i'm brown my name is ramon which is a spanish latin name (laughs) so people more like expect me to speak spanish and don't look twice but with uh, my girlfriend, which is completely blonde, a German girl, like blonde eyebrows, blonde, I don't know, everything, uh. just white as fuck. And just blonde, long hair, man. She definitely, like, especially in Panama City, man, it was crazy. Like, everyone looks looks at her like she's an alien. And I haven't seen any other blonde girl in, 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 in Panama City, bro. Yeah, you also go to northern Mexico. Uh, Tijuana. <laughs> Shit like that. Okay, I don't actually know too much, too many places in Mexico, but yeah, I don't know. Like, as, if I'm, if I would, if I would need to say you right now where I want to build my bases, it would be probably in like Northern Europe, maybe Italy, if that's possible, like the tax situation, um, or either or like other other places in Europe, like it's maybe south of Spain, like near Marbella or something, or like Portugal, super in the south, Lisbon. Yeah. Canary Islands. Yeah, maybe. Not even. I don't like them too much. 
but this will be my like my best place in Europe and then maybe in Asia would be probably tile like I like Bali a lot Bali you can build like a super super amazing villa for like super ch like cheap like in comparison cheap like for like a few hundred grand you can build like a place that would be a few million in like LA or whatever you know for like the same quality standards there's also something that I don't like about here like the quality standards if they build something like the most buildings so like most stuff that they like the coppers and stuff they're just like broken or like the electricity doesn't work sometimes i don't know i just feel like there's no not like this love of detail and people just don't care like the mentality here that i that i feel often which doesn't exist in asia they just i don't know they focus on those details and they i don't know just like more eye eye to the attention as well and but yeah probably like I, love, I like Bali, but the resident, like they just introduced a new resident, like a new um, digital nomad visa. New, new, new visa, actually, which allows you to be tax free for four years, which is kind of nice. But then again, after four years, if you like have your life there, then you all of a sudden they demand you to pay taxes. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but like naturally, a place that has like the one or like the most amazing visa in the world is Thailand. They have something called the, the elite Thai visa. elite visa mm -hmm. where you can basically just pay to, to live there. So if I tell you how much it costs, it would sound like expensive to like you. 20 grand, I think. It's, I think it's like, it's, it's 16 grand for five years. But then if you like, if you, if you pay like for, for 20 years, it's like, I don't know, like 40 grand or something so a is little it bit even discount. considered a residency or is it still just like an extended tourist visa it's definitely not considered a tourist visa it's basically it's basically i mean what does that's what's a, the difference between a business visa and a residency i don't know what does residency yeah. even mean it just says yeah. hey man this person is allowed to spend like time here yeah. with no questions asked i guess mm -hmm. but so yeah if you like break it down the price per month it comes down to like i don't know 100 or 200 bucks it's not like you know gotcha gotcha so you're going to be spread out a bit, Europe base, Asia base. Yes. Uh, Asia makes sense. It's yeah. good that it's easier for you probably with time zones than it is for me. Maybe it's a limiting belief I have, but yeah. I feel like okay. this time zone. The thing is, like, that's also a thing why it was hard to schedule with me is because I don't like adhere to any schedule. Like I don't have any calls. I don't call with anyone. I don't have like fixed time with anyone. So it does like time zones don't like matter to me at all. Like. I don't talk to anyone in Europe or something. Like I talk to my family, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You don't do any work over the phone? I do sometimes, but it's more like, I'm just awake now. Are you awake now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call now because the thing is, I am the one that says when it's time to call. It's no one that tells me, hey man, you need to call tomorrow at nine. You know, I'm just, I'm more like, I have workers and stuff, I have employees, but it's like workflows they have, like they report themselves what they what they do. And like, there's, there's also like, as an example, I would have like a web store, there's like a project manager that like oversize everyone, like have an, has an oversight over everyone that works on mm -hmm. the store and reports to me. And I feel like most calls today are a waste of time. It's just like fluff talk. Like, I don't know if you wanna like, the information, bro, what information can you not like? More just as faster. 
bro I have, we have slack we have like a bunch of channels in slack bro you can send voice messages i don't know it's just more detailed after call like you, you say like five things like you forgot already like four things there's no one nowhere written down or anything i feel you so you yeah. just do everything by written communication and maybe a couple voice messages i send a lot of voice messages like just short like information driven i have like some like sometimes i have calls but it's not on a regular basis like i i just it's more like hey i say hey okay let's call in a few hours or like let's call tomorrow but that's not a lot because it's it's only if i take on specific projects it's not for my own projects but as an example a friend of mine ha has a quite a big um clothing brand in switzerland like a streetwear brand and i started like he asked me like i don't usually I don't even do client work because I don't like it. Like I, I love my friends do agency work on the side where they like run ads for someone and stuff like that. But I just don't like the responsibility aspect of it. Like where someone, where I'm like even responsible for someone else's results or like where I need to be. I don't know. How do you say that? Like where I, <laughs> where yeah, I need people to. People can be, like demand your attention. People can demand my attention and where i am like responsible for someone else's results i rather like building my own stuff i like working my own stuff i like like putting in the focus and, and energy you've done partnerships my, though in, no? i done par partnerships but i was still like where i owned like minimum like 50 percent equity it's not like i did something where i like had like two percent equity or something like yeah, that of course or like someone else would be like the the sole sole owner so yeah, as an example, I'm working with them, doing the marketing for them, growth for them. But that's like that's like something that's that's not like my like not what I'm working on usually. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Let me ask you just like another quick question about Panama. So uh, I guess you do want to have your bases kind of elsewhere, but Panama is by de facto one of your bases. How would you look to? like what's like maybe your 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 plan with panama are you yeah. looking to strengthen your ties at all maybe like a couple of years like a do you want to get like a driver's license as well do you want yeah. to eventually maybe buy a house just to help strengthen the tie maybe like an apartment that you can rent out or something yeah. um <clears throat> do do stuff like that uh yeah that's an interesting question and i'm super open to all of that stuff like i had haven't made like any clear decisions yet and i'm often like there's this one channel on youtube like panama equity or something okay. i'm just like looking at what's available for like i don't know to buy all the time and it's like super interesting all this like real estate in many places sure. uh, and get a big farm yeah man like farm in paraguay bro yeah that's interesting to me too but yeah i'm not even sure like about the future with panama panama is definitely like my main residency for now and I don't know, like everything that you do in life serves its purpose, I guess. And even if Panama would only be my my residency for like two or three years, and then I found another other option for me to do, or like main thing to do, it wouldn't be like that I would regret it or just, just, I, I think I wouldn't even like get, like let it go to that way where my residency would like um, be, I don't know, like Expire. expired. Yeah, I would still like keep, keep it, keep, it, keep active. it active in, in, even if just like as a back pocket option, you never know, man. Now we have the pandemic. No, it, it isn't like, dude, it's going to get, it's going to get way harder. 
Bro, this pandemic isn't even something crazy, but it shows what could be possible. You it's know, true. if something really serious would come, you can and you could only go wherever you were like a resident from. You, I don't know. You just want like a couple options, man. I don't know. Like I have two citizenships. Yeah. I would even consider like buying a third one if I just had like the cash sitting around and wouldn't care. I guess. Right. If it's a small percentage of your net worth. Like yeah. Probably. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like ev I feel like every single dude with twenty mil should buy yeah, one yeah. of those hundred twenty mil for sure. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. you should do the Paraguay one, man. It's so cheap. It's like no downside. Yeah, so coming back to all we talked about is yeah. basically between Europe and Asia is this main place, UAE, Dubai, which uh, where I can get a residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly simple. It's also like five to ten k investment has like some like returning costs every year, which is like four or five k or like three to four or five k. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's for the company, but some maintaining the company. Maintaining the company. But there's something else about Dubai, which is that the company is actually useful. So it's not like the Panama company that's like completely useless and you can't get any like bank or residency and it's in every blacklist of the world. That's not the case in Dubai. So Dubai companies are actually useful. You can get super great bank accounts for them. They're like actually that like Panama is one of the only countries that is on like the banking blacklist, which is like which, which sucks for Panama. Like I, I know people that got all of their bank accounts canceled when they like told the bank that my residency is now Panama because Panama is like on a blacklist since like mm. 2019. That's things that change like since all the, the time. Papers. That's, so, that's so, something that changes all the time. So in a few years, like Pan the outlook on Panama could be like completely, completely different, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like Dubai. A lot of my friends did the residency there, like most of them, like Germans, like Drop Europeans, guys. dropshipper guys. I don't know, just online guys, crypto guys. It's super crypto friendly. They're super open to business. Yeah, zero percent company tax, zero percent personal income tax, zero percent capital gains tax. Basically, they have no tax at all beside um, some like value added tax on like stuff you buy, yeah, which like every country has. Yeah, yeah, consumption which only exists since like 2019. So they just like put it like it's a new tax, but that doesn't even matter to me. Like, I don't know if I will spend time there or not. I'll just get, get probably Dubai residency this year. Um, also the, the decision back in, two, in 2020, why I chose Panama over Dubai is, was because you had like, I knew I wanted to travel and in Panama, you only need to be there one day every two years to maintain the residency. And in right. Dubai, it was always every six months Ooh. you needed to be there. So it was kind of like um, like a higher commitment. So every sure. like Dubai is the most flown to like transit airport in the world. Yep. Yep. So if you like transit through like Europe and um, Asia. Asia, it's highly likely that you either go through Qatar or like Dubai. So it's pretty easy yep. actually. But if you like want to travel all around and like spend, let's say you are in, I don't know where, Australia, and all of a sudden you decide, hey, I want to be here. Like Australia is a super bad example because no one can even go there <laughs> right now. But let's say you're on some island and you decide, hey, I want to be here now for seven months. And then you would lose your Dubai residency, it would be kind of dumb. 
But now since they have a brand new visa, which is an investor visa, it doesn't have like super high requirements. It's super simple, like similar requirements. But now you need to be there only every every one year, so every three sixty five days, which for me is fine to is make. That doable? Yeah, that's that's definitely doable. And I also, for me, it's also I know a lot of people in Dubai now. Like I have, even though I actually never been to Dubai, I have quite a big network there. Like most. Most people I talk to in business are living in Dubai now. Like, they're, Dubai has a 95% expat rate. So, like, people that live there are not from Dubai. Dubai right now is what LA used to be like 20 years back, where everyone wanted to go to make it, you know? Like, people with a dream, they just went there and, like, the land, American dream, everything's possible in LA, you know? That's what Dubai is now, I feel like, especially for like Europeans and stuff. They just, they go there and I don't know, man, in like places like Germany, Switzerland, whatever, um, like if you're a young entrepreneur, it's so hard, man. So much bureaucracy, so much I know, stones in your way, so much taxes, so much pay for this, pay for that. I don't know, like not, nothing is possible. Banks are not even like crypto friendly. I don't know, like everyone's suspect of what you're doing in Dubai is like completely, completely different. Like they're super open. You can do whatever you want. It's just like land of opportunities and it's no taxes, man. You know what? No tax, that's, that's like the insanest, like advantage over your competitors that you can get. Imagine if you grow like by 20% a year, imagine how, how much you can like draw the, the, the graphs. How much faster you grow if it, it if it if there is no like cut by like thirty percent every year, like in Germany, bro. That's in Germany, point. that's bro, an extremely not talked about point. Bro, in Germany they take away like seventy percent of your money. Like there's <laughs> there's taxes on you, you pay taxes on 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 the money you make. Like then there's value added tax on the sales. There's like tax on on what you pay yourself from the <laughs> from the company, like your income tax, and then you pay like social fees for like whatever. Like it's, it's Switzerland, the social fees for like I don't know insurance and like how do you say like when you get old to have Health like a care, fund, yeah. like when you get old to have like a, a fund where you get paid out of I don't know what pension. The pension. Yeah. Like these fees are almost as high as the tax itself, so it's like double. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, the highest tax rate is like all, it's like forty-five, almost fifty percent. And if you make serious yeah. money, you're gonna land there. And in Germany, it's like you land there super, super fast. Switzerland is fine, I guess. But yeah, still, man, taxes are a lot. And I, I've definitely noticed. It, yeah, it's it's. I, I've seen the graphs from like a personal wealth perspective, where it's like how much your wealth would have multiplied more if your tax rate was zero. Yeah. Just like year over year, if you yeah. took that money and like invested it in mutual funds and stuff like that, and it's like insanely exponential. I almost didn't even think of the consequences for a business because those are wide ranging consequences. When insane, if your competitor is paying zero, and you're paying, you can just pay 45 like five percent. You can literally pay fifty percent more to acquire a customer than they can. So, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. That's like, like the question for like an online e-commerce business is basically how much can I spend to acquire a customer? Like, yeah. and if you, if I'm your competitor, then it's basically comes down who can spend more to acquire a customer and still be break even at some point, you yeah. know? And 
if you pay like taxes even in like i don't know if you live in la or new york and pay like 50 percent tax or whatever or even like 35 it's it's different words man it's different words do you do all physical products or do you do some like digital products coaching mentorship type stuff yeah i do mainly just physical products i did some of all of that that you just said like i did some consulting and some mentorship but it's more like to i didn't do a lot of it just to some swiss guys that like contacted me like personally and said hey i saw you i saw you in contact with this and that guy from the u.s and you're probably doing big numbers and i mean i'm studying right now like people in the same situation as i were and i helped them out like a more like personal level it's not that i would like go online and would yeah. say hey man i do mentorship where is like your biggest online presence i feel like you're pretty dispersed because you're not yeah. you don't have like a big public nah. facing presence but not you're really. just like you're just running around all these forums or something they're like yeah now that what i told you about like the forums and stuff is what i did to learn and yeah. like get into the space at the start yeah um for me right now like the as you said i had this like instagram rg we can maybe still talk about um but um that was like pretty like it was only like 500 followers or something. Nah, like, do you have like, like some big twitter that we don't know about or like <laughs> or like how are you how are these people even like getting in touch with you yeah no on instagram i had like 1500 followers yeah and this was like super niche following so only people like even though i had like not so many followers like the big guys that have a lot of followers they still follow me and i was yeah. still in contact with them and like one guy from germany it has like a lot of followers and it's like the main brand brand building guy i built a brand with him you know i was the guy that built his brand and he follows me and some people know that and i don't know it's not it's not for me it's i, I never like attacked or like no i never planned to like build a huge personal brand that's that's the thing so i never like tried i know personal brands are value and it's like often it's super easy to make money out of a personal brand for like courses or coaching or like i don't know monthly fees for a discord group or what the fuck stuff like that is super easy especially if you actually know what you're doing and like people want to learn and i know i, I don't know you, I'm did, not, you I, did the in the shadows approach and are you now like in telegram and discord mostly and stuff like that or i just talk to like specific like my circle i would say is super tight so i talk to specific people i always talk about uh, like talk to i talk to people that actually know what they're doing in this in the space it's like a mastermind yeah kind of like we have some discords where like we only allow like where we like we only allow people that we actually know that are doing numbers like, like bro like drop shipping is super like all like all like online marketing is super toxic space i feel like i don't know it's a lot of beef and like a lot of people that just like talk it's like mostly it's just talk 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 and like most people like i was never the guy to sell knowledge you know and like most people that sell knowledge they don't like have achieved it themselves in my opinion like obviously there are guys but most of them haven't because like running a business takes a lot of time too and yeah it's like you can sell knowledge or you can sell like a actual thing like selling knowledge often is a super easy way to make money and it's a super easy cash grab as well like not even talking like a co- launching a course but i know one guy he's zero percent 
you know, marginal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know one guy. Um, he was a f like I didn't I, I don't I don't talk about to him to him anymore. But he was a good friend of mine in dropshipping space, and he kind of like had a super small YouTube, like just like five k or like seven k following, but like super niche following, just like all dropshippers. And he mm -hmm. had one store that made like few hundred grand revenue or something, and he launched a paid Facebook group, and they the group was dirty a month, and I think he made, I don't know, like 300K or so in like two or three months because he had like 10,000 signups or something. I don't know. He said, I'm going to share like winning products there. So basically, he said, I'm going to give you the products to sell. And everyone signed up and like $30 is not a lot, <laughs> a lot of money to like each individual. But if like a lot of people sign up, it's going to add up so high. And this is like recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. People pay like, it's like super easy to make money, I think. Mm -hmm. super especially if you i don't know man it's like <laughs> it's a it's an easy cash grab probably but in the long term if you build a serious brand or something brand is just an example like an e-commerce brand the most money comes only with like an exit you know if you make like an exit you make like 10 yeah, times more profit than than you made from like profit over the years and um and so are you like building up stores and selling them and then my other question would be, yeah. like nowadays, how much of your time are you spending on e-commerce slash drop shipping versus on yeah. crypto or, yeah. or other other totally different things? Yeah, um, it's a good question. It depends, I guess. Like it changes all the time. Um, I have just one store that I'm mainly working on since like half a year that works really well. That I try to like grow into a more long-term brand. It's always a transition, like dropshipping is a great model to start out. And I would still encourage everyone to that even like it's, it's, a, I mean, in my opinion, it's a dumb way to say like, I have this product, I want to build a brand. I invest all this money, all this time in like branding in the most amazing website. I import it to the United States. I have one day shipping. I spent like 30 grand on all this stuff. For me, it's just like proof of concept. Have like the most minimal viable product you say in marketing. I guess and just try and like get traction and if it works you start building it out you start like I don't know making it more serious so that's what I'm doing right now with one main brand then actually the brand we talked about with the cycling helmet still still runs that's like that's another example for like one product that died in three months but it's also probably because I wasn't the most experienced people but in dropshipping it's also a lot of people are chasing trends and something breaks and it just constantly tests new products. And yeah, Cycling Helmet works since two and a half years, as an example. Something super long term. It's not like crazy amounts, but that's something have kind of like an autopilot. I don't like even touch it. It's also seasonal. So it's mostly, I sell it mostly in the US. So when it's like um, spring in the US, people go outside again and they drive um, bicycle and they're like, I don't know, looking forward to that stuff again and they like to spend money on it and it's also like a, you need a new helmet every five years so it's not like like every year new <laughs> and new new com new new customers open up because a helmet usually lasts sure. for five years oh, they lost it. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> maybe you bought a new helmet last year but then in like three years you need a new one or whatever something like that and yeah, currently I actually spend most of my time truly on crypto, like just researching, investing, uh, mostly investing, a little bit trading, also NFTs. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, growing my knowledge there, growing my connections there. I feel like it's the biggest space of opportunity right now, in my opinion. It's like internet 1989, just with like a factor more in growth. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'm looking to um, get into more projects myself, especially in DeFi. That's what interests me is decentralized finance. Um, also, NFT is interesting. I know a couple guys that launched their own NFTs pro NFT projects. And I don't know how long this stuff lasts, but right now it's like a gold mine, you know. Sometimes for investors, if you know what you're doing, but especially for builders, you know, if you like build your own stuff, if you like integrate into communities and if you build on top of communities, I feel like, yeah, stuff is, I also feel like it's not going away. Like it's not like just here for a few months, but right now it's definitely like Wild West, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Agreed, man. Yeah, I definitely want to do more in that space as well. Um, yeah, I think we can pretty much yeah, wrap bro. up. We've definitely <laughs> gone a, a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything that you wanted to shout out or, or promote? Uh, not really, not really. Like, uh, what, I, what I told about my Instagram is that it's banned right now. So <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Instagram and these OG names is like it's a super... People want to take it from you. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, how do you say it's a corrupt game? You know, people pay for those Instagram names. They're like highly valuable. People trade them and Instagram cracks down on that stuff. They just like, there's one forum called OG users, which is like where people trade usernames and like buy and sell like services, like banned services and like stuff like that. And um, yeah, Instagram banned like, 750 names last year in just like two days or so like a crackdown on those names and thing is it's probably that someone paid like someone internally at instagram to get my name down because i like i i, I got it disabled already two times last year but i got it back to my guy like i'm a huge spender on facebook like i spent seven figures on facebook marketing and you get like a media panel yeah where you like um you get a have, rap. yeah you have a rap where you can talk to and you, you can get stuff like that back pretty easily but now it's i don't know i tried many raps i tried guys that have connections and i haven't been able to get it back in a few weeks now like almost almost a month and it seems like someone else had a rap too and they try to get <laughs> they try to get your name and like out of those two other names there's not a lot a lot left and they have like kind of like value like they have a lot of value. Like I, thing is, I also bought mine like two, two or three years back, which is also an issue. Like I wasn't like the original, original owner of it. Like I don't have the original email wasn't mine as an example. And it seems like that in this dispute, my like at first I was still able to log in and it showed like it was disabled, blah 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 for impersonation, which is a trick they use. They kind of like make a profile that it looks exactly like yours, same profile picture, same pictures and same bio and whatever. Yeah. And they just like report, like mass report you for impersonation. And then it, then they wait like a few, I don't know, like 60 days and then the name gets available or something. But it seems like in this suit now that, that my account got locked or something. So I'm still trying to get it back. But on the other hand, I'm, I don't, with Instagram too much anymore like uh, I liked Instagram a lot because I built mainly my main connections in like business I built through Instagram 
So like all the people I know with, which, with whom I built brands, which I kind of like, I don't know, are my best friends. In, like, are my best like online friends and stuff. I built them those connections, which brought me a lot of money too through Instagram. And I think it can be a powerful tool for that, especially also personal branding, mm -hmm. if you use it the right way. But if you just like use it as a user, then I feel like it's like super brain numbing and I don't know, it doesn't like give you a lot of value, just scroll through Instagram. And if you use it for yourself to build, build a brand and stuff, it's super powerful. Mm -hmm. But like the other, I don't think like the posts from, looking at posts from other people like gives you a lot of value on Instagram. For sure. Which is different on Twitter, I, f I feel like. I've, I've started using Twitter crypto Twitter uh -huh. um, when I started getting more into in crypto which was like early like early last year into DeFi and I feel like on Twitter like it's a super short exact <laughs> tweets well written that, well written short tweets like straight to the point value you know and you can follow those specific people and it's not like I don't know and Instagram, everything is like superficial, like it has no, <laughs> no value. It's just like a facade and like everyone's flexing on everyone. And yeah. even I felt like I put like, like when I started traveling this year again from Germany in September, like for one and a half months straight, I posted every day, like uh, the best of my life, like the, the steak dinners and like the sick beaches. And I don't know, the 50, 50 story view from Panama City. But then again, that's what everyone's doing. They're just showing like their best life and I don't know, it's, if you're just sitting there at home, you just get anxiety, man, and I don't know, you feel like, you feel like that's what their life really is, but then again, if you see it for yourself, like you're struggling every day to, with, your, with your own stuff, like even if it's not like, even if you're like one level above them, you still have your struggles every day, and I don't know, so I feel like I got way more value out of Twitter, so I'm on Twitter. Um, Okay. Yeah, but I don't have a lot of followers. I started posting sometimes. I post some stuff, but yeah, that's that. Cool, man. So I mean, I'll I'll link your your Twitter. Yeah, you can if, if you, you want. I mean, yeah. it's up to you. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to ask you though, how, what's like your like coming from marketing? Like, what's your like like how how do you want to like grow grow this or like what's your goal with the podcast? Um, well, my Latin life has been around since 2014. Oh, really? The blog. So I bought an oh. existing business. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, I bought an existing business and now I'm sort of like taking it uh, in a slightly different direction. But it has like an existing fan base, um, yeah. an existing traffic and stuff. And then um going to build out some, some useful products and community stuff for people, you know? All right. Um, Build some products around around second residencies, around moving to Latin America, living in Latin America, digital nomad tips, okay. uh, and so adv advanced tax stuff. It has like a bunch of content on it already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like blog posts mm -hmm. mainly. Yep. Yep. All right. Like how many blog posts or something? Like uh, maybe over two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And like how how much like traffic or visitors does it get? Um. The. I don't want to say. You don't want to say? No. Yeah. Not on the podcast. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll share, I'll share some of that stuff later, but... Um, For sure. But yeah, man. Do you want to just like... Like you just started the YouTube channel mm -hmm. like to it now or does, did the Correct. YouTube exist yeah, yeah, as well? The, the YouTube's new. The, yeah. the uh, podcast is new. All right. When this comes out, this will be episode like 
five or six probably so something like that you're gonna post a youtube somewhere else spotify or something yeah it's iTunes. on spotify it's on spotify google Podcasts. I'm trying nice. to get on apple Podcasts right now yeah nice cool. uh all right yeah man um well thanks for yeah, coming for out sure. of monk mode yeah uh, for to sure do this interview <laughs> you'll have to like send this off to your old uh you know internet friends i think you <laughs> get a kick out of it yeah for sure i'll do that but will, will you actually go to panama as well now like on the on march or something we so can, may, maybe we can like continue our talk you know yeah for sure man <laughs> we, we can talk about it yeah. if, if we're going right. to it felt, if it felt like carnival, 20 minutes man. went by or something i know dude I, it's crazy Car- carnival might happen yeah. in panama <laughs> it's sick man and i didn't even know it existed all right bro thank you yeah yeah okay that's it